Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Everything Is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's January the 21st, Newcastle are down at Everton this evening, and of course, the January transfer window is well underway. And in fact, Newcastle have made their first signing of the month, former Spurs midfielder Neil Bentelab. I'm joined by the Daily Stars, Ian Murta, also in the Express and also in the Mirror, Reach PLC family. Indeed. Um, formerly of the Journal and Chronicle as well. Thank you, Ian, for joining us. A busy month, as always. And we'll start with Bentelab. Mm. Came a bit out of the blue. And, and Steve Bruce has mentioned, at least twice to my knowledge, that it's a bit more than a signing because none of the, the English press seemed to know it was going to happen. Oh, he's enjoyed that. He really has enjoyed that, Andrew. He's been saying, your Italian colleagues have got one up on you. On you. And uh, he's right that uh, none, of us, none of us did have an inkling. Although, looking back... He has dropped one or two clues because what he was saying uh, a fortnight ago was that when he's saying, of course, this window is notoriously difficult to bring players in. And he said, he said, to get a class play, you're often looking for a player who's at loggerheads with his club, who's fallen out with the hierarchy. And of course, you know, the clues were there because that's exactly the situation with uh, Bentlob, whether he was actually referring to him at the time or whether he was just talking generally, we, we don't know. But it, it's not a bad signing at all, because clearly he, he is a class player. He, he was decent at, at Spurs as a young player, did very, very well for the first two years at Schalke. Of course, fans will be saying, well, we don't necessarily need a, a central midfield player. And I, I, I kind of concur with that, because you know we, there is Shelby, Hayden and, and the two Longstaffs and, uh, who've, who've done well and Sean, I think, is just showing glimpses of finding his form again. But if you're a manager and you think you can upgrade on what you've got, and clearly he believes that, and it's a loan deal, so yes, I think there's a 10, a 10 million buy-in, but I don't, I don't think it's a, it's strings attached. Uh, you've got to trust any manager's judgment if he, if he if he believes this player's an improvement on what he's already got. You mentioned there that Bentley has been out of the side March yeah. last year. He was. Uh, banished to the, the youth team That's due right. to disciplinary issues. Now, we don't know exactly what that is, no. but looking back at his time on Spurs, and he's addressed that as well, that there were attitude problems once he got injured, mm. and he's openly admitted that he um, you know, he regrets his behaviour under, under Posh there. Yes. Um, so what is it that Bruce can see in him? Obviously, we mentioned he's a talented player, and he, he can pick a pass, he's got a good engine on him. Yes. 
But you scroll through social media and a lot of the reaction is, well, there is an attitude problem there. Yes. So uh, is Bruce confident that he can handle that? He must be. He must be. I mean, you know, man management is Steve Bruce's strength. I think what you're looking at is a player, he's 25 now, so you would think he's, he's grown up. Uh, in, in view of his qualities, if there is something lacking in, in, the, in the Newcastle injury, maybe it's a little bit of physicality. You know, you, you've got the, the passing range of, of Shelby to a lesser extent of, of Sean Longstaff. You've got the, the all-round game and, and the, the work off the ball in the industry of, uh, of Hayden. And then, of course, you've got the energy and the young dynamism of, of Matty, Matty uh, Longstaff. But uh, this guy, he has got a good reputation for, for uh, you know, competing hard for the ball. He's got good vision, as anyone who's seen his YouTube clips. And he can chip in with uh, the odd spectacular goal as well. Of course, he won the, the goal of the season, I That's believe, right. in 2017 yeah. for a, a long-range effort. Um, we mentioned there the options that Steve has got mm-hmm. in midfield. And many people would say that the first team pairing, the first choice pairing, is Isaac Hayden and John Joe Shelby. Matty Longstaff has been has been pulling up trees with his, his brief yes. appearances. Sean working back to, to where he was last yes. year. Um, of course, no way back for the likes of Savvy. Key looks like he'll be out the door if someone comes in. Mm-hmm. But you've still got four midfielders who wouldn't look out of place in that first team. So Steve's got a bit of work to do in balancing who he, who he starts. Absolutely. His argument would be, like any manager, is you can't have enough good players. Uh, I think if you took a straw poll of fans, well, I know if you took a straw poll of fans, no one would say that a central midfielder was the priority. But, well, you know, there might be times when he wants to play a narrower midfield and maybe drop a wing back. Of course, uh, Hayden has shown that he can he's very adaptable and he can play out wide, although he, like the others, prefers to play in the centre of midfield. It's it's all about options and uh, and and uh, covering for every eventuality. Now, just looking at the interview on the club website, there, um, Bentley Lab says the project really interested me. Mm-hmm. Any suggestion of what that project might be? <laughs> project, it's it's a it's the new word, isn't it? I mean, everyone <laughs> talks. About, Rafa went on about projects. Steve's mentioned it. He's talking about the the medium to long term. I mean, what is the project? It, it's going to be the same as every other club in, in many senses, you know, wanting to progress, wanting to, to move forward, not, not just being satisfied with survival, but but finishing the season with a flourish, a cup run, etc., etc. So I don't think, you know, I think it's, it's a word, he's, it's the trendy word he's plucked out of the air, I guess. It's like supporting the, the, the club as a kid, isn't it? That's what yep. they always, always used to yep, say. Absolutely. Um, now, he does say that the, that the coach had some trust in me and the club also. Mm. And I guess sometimes the argument could be that, you know, when you have a player who has accusations thrown at him that he's got a bad attitude mm. and what have you, that sometimes all you need is the arm around the shoulder to say, look, you've got some talent. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to, to, to show everyone, you know, what you're made of. Yeah, and, and look, look, I mean, I think even Steve Bruce's... Uh, Biggest critics would admit he's a very good man manager and handler of players. He's been a manager for a long time. I've I've known him a long time. I can't think of any player who's actually fallen out with Steve Bruce. It's it that's quite an accolade on, on on his behalf, and he is the type of manager who who will put an arm an arm around a player who will big him up. You know, let's just look at the John Joe Shelby situation. I think John Joe was down in the dumps um, at the beginning of the season. He he wondered if he he had a future at Newcastle. He wanted a future, 
And we said to Steve, Steve Bruce, what did you do to, to buck him up? And he said, I told him he's a good player. And, you know, he will tell players this. And he is somewhat, you know, the players do enjoy going into training. There's a laugh and a joke as well as hard work at Long Benton these days. And I'm not saying that there wasn't under Rafa, but, you know, Steve is an affable guy. He'll, he'll crack on with the players. He'll introduce them to to the, um, the the cleaners, for instance, or the or the ground staff there. It, 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 there is more of a sense of a family than there ever was. Just reading Steve Bruce's quote again, yeah. <coughs> sorry, <coughs> on the club website there. Um, with the numbers that we've got at the minute, he's got a bit of experience and I think people will enjoy watching him play. He'll come into the squad and I'm sure he'll be a good acquisition for us. The experience bit though is is probably key and again, he's only 25, yeah. so he's, he's not by any uh, stretch going to be the oldest player in the squad. But you could argue that is something that Newcastle are missing is that bit of experience. And when you've played in the Champions League, when you've played in the Bundesliga and you obviously play, played in the Premier League as a very young mm-hmm. uh, young man, you know that experience can be key. And of course, played international football for Al- Algeria. Yes, I, I can remember him in the Spurs side, and I'd be lying if he say he stood out, but he was part of a very, very fluid uh, Spurs midfield. I think he was in the side which beat Newcastle 4-0 in the... Uh, I think I already started that game, I That's think. right, that's right. And, uh, and yeah, he, he's comfortable in possession, and as I say, I think he, he's what I call a, a 360 player, so he doesn't just look one way or even two ways. He, he looks behind him for the pass as well. So, yeah, the, the more experience... That, that we have in the squad, the, the better. And like most people, you know, a central midfielder wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm s- certainly not going to grumble at this signing. I think it's a pretty decent recruit. It's a case as well that Steve Bruce is trying to put his own mark on, on this side because yes. a lot of those players who, you know, worked their socks off against Chelsea yep. have been here of course for many have. years. Hayden mentioned in an interview with The Athletic, he said, you know, the players have been out a long time and they've, they've working together to build up this spirit. Yep. So you would think that Steve Bruce is actually just trying to bring in his own players and maybe just juggle it up a bit. I think like at most clubs, it, it's a team effort. There's Steve Nixon, uh, who, who will contri- contribute a list of names. I think Steve will talk to his coaching staff as well. I think if, if the truth was out at, in the summer, the only play he had a real input in was, um, was Willems. Uh, I think uh, the St. Maximin, had he been here, he, he would have said, yes, I want him because he's his, very much his type of player. I think he had very little input in Joel Linton. I think that's been well documented. Although he he what he saw, he he approved of. So again, you know, uh, I'm sure Steve Nixon was one of what he he'd been. He was the one who was aware that uh, that Ben Taleb's circumstances meant that he would be available for a move. You've had age, uh, the agents will be touting him around Europe, same with Lazara, and. Uh, and Steve's looked and thought, yeah, that's the type of player I'm looking for. And again, the amount of work that Steve Nixon puts in, he's mm. very meticulous. So yeah. the whole accusation ac- uh, of having an attitude problem would have sprung up and they would have sat down and, and, and gone, well, can we deal with it? Yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. I mean, we can go back to the Ben Arthur, of course, and uh, that was uh, the baggage that he, he brought to St. James's Park with him and Really, uh, although he, he wasn't the most hard-working, industrious player around, uh, I don't think there were there were too many tantrums from him, were there? And of course, Bruce ended up taking him to Hull oh, on the, loan as well. So and the, the famous story when he, he took him off at half time and uh, was asked why, and he said, "Well, the optostats revealed he'd uh, he'd done le- covered less distance than my goalkeeper, who <laughs> <It> was Steve <laughs> Harper." At the interesting time. Interesting there, just on Ben Off, a quick question. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned Willems yeah. out for what looks like the season yes. with a bad knee injury. Um, 
many people now saying, well, what does the future hold for him? Mm. Will Newcastle sign him permanently? He had impressed. Yeah. Ben Arthur was signed permanently after a bad injury in, in his debut. So what's your, your view on that? Well, look, Andrew, I don't think any manager, let alone Steve Bruce, would come out and say within hours of finding out that he had a ligament, that's it, we won't yeah. be signing him, he's too much of a risk. I mean, no one's going to say that. Indeed, you're going to say more the opposite. He said, well, we'll review the situation at the time. I would imagine that the odds would be against. Uh, there was a £10 million valuation put on by Antrag Frankfurt. What you're talking about now, look, we've, it, it's a brutal business, isn't it? We're talking about a player who's picked up two serious knee injuries, the same knee in, in three years. And uh, your heart says, yes, he'd be a good addition. The head says it's going to be a more dubious signing. Mm, price might have to, yep. to come down. Then just finally, finally, before we move on to some other transfer mm. uh, news and, and rumours and what have you, um, we mentioned there the options that Steve Bruce has in, in the midfield. Yep. But if you're Matty Longstaff, your contract's up in the summer and you see a central midfielder coming in, when the last month you've arguably been, you could say, that the, the, the best midfielder they've had in that centre of the park. I mean... He's not played as many games as others, but he, for me, he stood out above anybody else. What are you thinking at this stage? Well, first of all, on Matty, I think that's a fair point, Andrew. I think he's, he's out on his, his big brother in the last two games. He was outstanding at Molyneux in the 1-1 draw against Wolves. And I thought that uh, Sean uh, didn't play particularly well when he first came on against Chelsea and only picked up his game when, uh, when Matty came on. I thought Matty brought the energy to the side that they so desperately needed in those last 15 minutes or so. So, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, footballers will come out and they'll, they'll all say, we like the competition, we welcome competition. Of course, sometimes competition does improve the individual. Uh, so I certainly don't think it's a simple case of Matty Longstaff or Sean, for that matter, saying, oh, we brought in another midfielder I, that means I'm not going to sign. It would certainly make them work harder if, if that's possible because I think they're both very, very good trainers from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I'm, I'm sure that it will. when they sit down and negotiate, they will ask, you know, uh, what's the road ahead for me? Is it being blocked by, the, by this person, etc., etc.? And they're justifiable questions for the pair and their representatives to ask. In your view, will we see Matty Longstaff sign a new contract? No idea. I'd love to think so. It's a very, very young age, isn't it, to leave the club that you love and the club for whom you've you professed, you know, you've, you've always dreamed of playing for them. So he's only played a handful of games. Uh, I would like to think that that something will be sorted out by both parties. Now on to Valentino, Valentino Lazaro. Yeah. His agent was at James Park on Saturday to mm-hmm. take in... The Chelsea game, you know, he would have seen the, the scenes and the atmosphere was fantastic at the end. Um, but Steve Bruce did urge caution yesterday yes. in his press conference yes, at 24 to 40 hours is key. Um, and it's amazing what can happen in 24 hours mm-hmm. um, because Lazaro's agent has been off meeting other clubs. I think Leipzig are the latest club um, tipped to actually be the front runners. Mm-hmm. What's your understanding on, on, on that deal? Well, first of all, Andrew, I think from a journalist's point of view not that your, your listeners be too interested in, in in this but you know steve said we got the bentella deal through because we kept it we kept it concealed from from the media this one broke i think uh, last week and uh, 
and this and Steve will say this is what happens when when something leaks out. Uh, he's in demand, of course. He's uh, he, he's got a very very good reputation from his days at Hertha Berlin, so it's not surprising that there's Bundesliga interest. He he hadn't played particularly well uh, in Italian football with Inter, and as I say, you know Leipzig, who are going great guns both in the in the domestic league and in Europe, they, they must rate him very, very highly if they think he can strengthen a side who are, am I right in thinking they're currently ahead of Bayern Munich in the I table? I believe so, yeah. yes, mm. which wouldn't be a bad club. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I suppose Lazaro has got that reputation from playing over in Austria as well with the yeah. other Red Bull side. So, um, which would be quite, which would have made the attraction. You wonder if he came across Jolinton during uh, Jolinton's days in Austria. Well, I did see Lazaro's agent have a little bit of a natter yeah. with, with Jolinton before well, the game spotted. on Chelsea. Well, so that is an interesting thing. And I mean, it would be nice to see Lazaro come in because he's so versatile. So given Willem's injury, Dummett's injury, he can play at wing back. But hey, I guess, you know, some people there on social media saying that if, if you've been offered... A chance to join Newcastle United, and you're still thinking about it. Then maybe you're not the player that, that the club wants. And Andrew, I think there's another point here. I mean, these days transfer windows aren't just about additions; they're about subtractions. As you know, a team is only allowed 25 squad numbers. Three of them are goalkeepers, which leaves you with 22 players. Now Newcastle are actively trying to uh, create space for new signings. Sadly, Jetro Willem's number. Has, is now vacant because he will go back to his parent club. Paul Dummett is an interesting one. Supposing Paul Dummett's uh, medical, uh, the medical advice is, well, Paul could be back in May. Do Newcastle United, are they ruthless and say, well, sorry, we need your squad number. You're not part of the squad for the second half of the season. Or do they say, well, yes, we'll keep your, your, your shirt ready for you for maybe the last game of the season. So that's an interesting one. But again, you know, if Newcastle bring in left back, left wing back cover, you've got Ben Teleb and uh, Lazaro, that's three That's three shirts that need to be vacated. You've got Muto and Gale are currently sidelined, so they're not saleable or even loanable assets this month, which means you really would have to uh, forsake the shirts of Dummett and Willems and then hope that Key went, and then there wouldn't be room for a striker. So it, it is, it's as much about who leaves the club as who comes in. And can you foresee any of that happening? I mean, Key's, Key was linked to Celtic, but the yep. wage was repeatedly yep. an issue. Obviously, his wage isn't going to go down. No. So, Well, I mean, you get situations now where, where Premier League clubs have to pay 50% of the wage to, to actually, to actually manoeuvre a deal to a championship club or Scottish club or even to a, a, a continental club. So it'll certainly be an interesting one to see who, who does leave. Yeah. Um, the other name that is constantly linked, was linked again over the weekend, is that of Jared Bowen. Mm. Very, very good player at championship level. Yes. Um, contract up in the summer, an extension apparently on the table or something that can be uh, offered, I think, if, if they reach a certain amount of games or what have you. Now, mm. is that... I mean, Newcastle clearly have an interest. Steve Bruce yes. is a big oh, fan. Absolutely. They've watched him. 20 million is apparently the... The asking price, yeah. again, reports say that the £10 million in valuation. What's your view on, on Bowen and Newcastle? First of all, he's not a through-the-middle striker. I think some people may think he is, simply because of his weight of goals. What he is, is a very, very talented forward, who I think I'm right in thinking is the most prolific championship marksman this this, uh, this certainly was 20, 2019. I think he's got 16, 17 goals. Yeah, yeah that's season. right. And then 
he had a good second half of last season. Yeah. Now I, I think this one's going to go to the wire. I think I think there are uh, Hull and would be buys are playing a game of brinkmanship. This is a player who is going to be going for a lot less when his contract runs out in the summer. He's going to be going for Oda Bosman. Now, so so what you've got is any self-respecting managing director, and we're not bringing the Ashley politics in, in here, we're talking any Premier League club, however ambitious they are, would a manager be allowed to, to splash out £20 million on a player who would be available for next to nothing within six months? On the other hand, a club like Hull, who now have been out of the out of the Premier League for a few seasons, will they risk a player going for next to nothing six months' time when they could get money now? So they are talking about twenty million. Newcastle and other clubs, I think West Ham being one of them, Everton maybe are saying we're not paying twenty million, and they're looking at ten, twelve. I suspect. He will go for between 10 and 12 million in uh, on January the 31st. I think there will be movement there. Whether it's Newcastle, well, I referred to my previous answer about whether there's space in the squad there. I certainly don't think any club who is desperate, desperate for him can afford to wait until the summer because I think that will be too late. We hope we've enjoyed this episode so far. It's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, the Northeast number one family owned Toyota Mazda and Suzuki Dealership Group. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And all of this, kind of the links and the, the gossip, and there's a, like, there's a hint of positivity about following that meeting between... Steve Bruce mm. and Mike Ashley, and it seemed to go very well. Steve Bruce said in his press conference that it, it did go well, and obviously we've now seen Bentelab come to the door. And Apparently laughter was heard in the training ground from the room they're in. I wonder what jokes are being told <laughs> then. Is Steve a funny man? I think so. I don't know whether <laughs> Mike Ashley is. We'd, none of us have ever met him. But look, I, I had a I had a conversation in, in the summer with uh, with uh, Steve. It was, on the, it was the day of the St Etienne game when... Uh, the Daily Mail interview with Ashley had gone in. And Steve made an interesting point and he said, listen, if all it takes is to greet him with a smile, a handshake and a chocolate biscuit and a cup of tea, if that makes for a better relationship, then then I'm prepared to do that. Now, people were saying Rafa, and I don't want this to be an anti-Rafa point because it's not. People say Rafa kept pushing him. And yes, he did, but he kept pushing him away. You know, the, and it was... Mike Ashley's own fault because trust broke down a long, long time before before Rafa Benitez left Newcastle. But, you know, it was clear that Mike Ashley was not welcome on at the training ground. Now, if it 
if Steve Bruce, obviously, he is very, very um, uh, susceptible to, to accusations of being a puppet. He doesn't want that. But, as I said, if, if he can give the owner a friendly welcome, if they get on on a person-to-person basis, then surely that is good for Newcastle United. Because they would have gone to that meeting kind of on a on a level playing field without one having yeah. a backup and what, yes. what have you. And it, it, let's, it's only human nature saying, "I want to, I want to back this man. I like this man, mm. isn't it?" You know, and that's let's forget about all the politics of Ashley. You know, if the two of them can sit down, enjoy a cup of tea together, and smile, then then surely that that is healthy. Well, it certainly seems to have mm. paid off because you know. It, you, you can see two or three coming in within the next, what was it, nine nine days yeah. or so. Um, a few of the rumours that have been, shall we say, uh, I don't know, pie in the sky, but a few big names which would cost big money yeah. that have come out of the last few weeks, uh, mainly strikers. Yeah. Um, one of them was Moussa Dembele yes. from Lyon. Obviously got a lot of interest from other clubs, fantastic goal-scoring yeah. record. One hand, it shows the... I guess the ambition that Steve Bruce has for Newcastle United, you know, he wants to bring the very best yes. to the club. But also, I guess the hint of realism is we have to consider where Newcastle United are of course. and what the, the transfer pot is. Of course, I think you know, if a Manchester, you know, Manchester United are in the market for striking, now there's talk that Cavani could go there. If they wanted Dembele, you know, with the best will of the world, would he choose Newcastle ahead of Manchester United? Mm, but so. Yes, you know, if Newcastle, they are, if they're competing for the best, then their rivals are going to be clubs who are still in Europe or battling for Europe, etc. So that's just the, the, the realism of the game, isn't it? It is indeed. And I mean, the transfer market, especially in January, is, is always hectic and mm. always overpriced. But how do you think Steve Bruce is dealing with the expectation, the, the, the kind of want and excitement from the fans to see new faces in? I think he's uh, he's realised that the squad needs strengthening, just as every manager wants to strengthen his squad. And I think he's quickly realised that what we're dealing with this particular transfer window is probably loans rather than permanent signings. Uh, I don't think there have been too many, have there? Uh, permanent permanent not, deals not to my in, knowledge, in, in, no. the, in the Premier League this season. And you know, Spurs have brought in the lad from Benfica. Uh, for on a, on a loan mm-hmm. to Fernandez, and if Manchester United get Bruno Fernandez, will will that from Sporting Lisbon will that be a, a loan deal initially? So I think you know that that is the territory we're dealing in right now. Uh, but again, you know it it's not just about bringing players in. It's he, you need to create room, and I think a lot of squads, a, a lot of managers are realizing that to bring someone in, they've got to dispose of someone, and, and that's pretty hard on Newcastle. Struggling because when you look at someone like Henry Savé, mm. hasn't played, yeah. so clubs aren't necessarily interested in saying, yeah. oh, well, he, you know, he's sure what he can do. And yet, you know, he's on a much bigger wage than he was when he was at his former club. So the the, the, the French clubs, the mid-table French clubs yeah. can't afford him. That's right. And you've got the same with Key, a lot yeah. more than yes. Celtic can afford. So Newcastle, are, are they paying the price for, I suppose, in many ways... They're not even paying the grown, grown yeah. rate, arguably, but you get my point with it for the wages yeah, they're do. paying these players. I think every Premier League's every Premier League club's paying that price, Andrew. I think um, Key's a very different um, uh, beast to to Savet because Savet has just had minutes in English football. 
key, you know, after his days up at Celtic, he, he, he did very well on at Swansea on, on loan at Sunderland, played in the cup final for them. And last season in particular did a decent job for Rafa Benitez here. So, you know, if I was, if, if I was, a, a, I don't know, a, a, a Palace, a, a West Ham wanted to add a little bit of passing ability to my midfield and, uh, you weren't particularly looking for pace because I think his lack of pace is the reason that uh, Steve Bruce isn't playing him too much. Then, then um, I, I would go for him. Savet, I'm sure there are French clubs who'd love him, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did if he if he did leave, you know, in the next fortnight, and Newcastle ended up paying quite a slice of his wages. Well, there you have it. Just finally on transfers before we we preview the Everton game. Can you say any? shocks any surprises either incoming or, or outgoing in the next week or so if i could see them there wouldn't be a shock but <laughs> like yeah, listen wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't it be lovely if, if if we did have these shocks but they seem to happen less and less these days don't they you know the andy cole it's tw- uh, 25 years since andy cole left newcastle and then you know uh, 80 months later alan shearer coming in um very very difficult uh, i'd love to think you know we mentioned Moussa Dembele. I watched quite a bit of Celtic, and when he was there, I thought he was a top top striker. Not surprised he's done well at Lyon. Love to see Newcastle competing for him in the summer. Well, it would certainly uh, be quite the name to sign. Mm-hmm. On to Newcastle versus Everton. Then uh, the Magpies down on Merseyside. They were unfortunate, you'd say, with the, the last game yeah. to James Park, uh, and they've actually probably been boosted by the fact that. Carlo Ancelotti will be missing Richarlison, Sigerson and Iwobi, which yeah. is, especially the, the first two there, huge, uh, huge loss for... That, 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 that is a boost for Newcastle, isn't it? Uh, it's a tough game. Uh, Newcastle, yeah, a little bit unlucky uh, on December the 28th, was it? And uh, I think Everton were the better side. Uh, Newcastle had two spells, two 10-minute spells when they looked like being the winners. I think the other... Uh, 60, 70 minutes were evidence. Uh, just looking at looking at the, the recent run, Andrew, I remember after Crystal Palace, I looked at the, the fixture list, you know, Manchester United away, Everton home, Leicester home, Wolves away, or Chelsea home, and then Everton away before the, uh, before the end of January. At that time, Newcastle were 10 points clear of, of, of the drop zone. And I thought to myself, I thought if Newcastle can pick up four or five points from that little cluster. They'll have done well. It didn't look possible after the, the first three games. You know, f- uh, four points from that, it's not bad. Mm. It's not bad. If they can pick up a draw or, you know, wouldn't it be lovely a win, that would be an outstanding return from a very, very difficult crop of fixtures. I think most fans would take a, a point tonight. I think most fans would have taken a point on, on Saturday. But after this one, you know, there's there's not a bad little run, especially especially at home. So, uh, you know, not in a bad place at the moment. And it's still very tight there. Yeah. You know, looking behind Newcastle, looking below Newcastle, and then looking up the table. Mm. Well, it's it's extremely tight. So they go in this game full of confidence, a, a decent, well, very good defensive Absolutely. performance against Chelsea. Very disciplined. Yes, it wasn't brilliant on the eye, but it was disciplined. They got the job done. Obviously, last minute winner. Came at a cost, of course. We mentioned Willems there, so yeah. obviously Willems is out. Dummett is out. Matt Ritchie slips nicely into timely that. Timely return. Very, very timely. Left wing back role. Yeah. We'll see if any more corner flags end up in the, <laughs> the nether regions of any fans. Just, oh, that must have hurt that fan when it cracked him. Yeah, 
I think, every, I think every Newcastle United fan felt that. Um, I don't think it'd be kicking anything in the direction of Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he might get chased down the yeah. touchline. But can you say any other changes? Carroll is is what fifty fifty? Would you say, or is it more? Yeah, I think it's. I think he played Joe Linton. Uh, I said to Steve yesterday, if that had been Joe Linton's debut on Saturday, I I think most fans would have walked away from that ground thinking we've got a can he can he centre forward there? Yeah. yeah, I thought he had a good game, put in a shift, and he gave the uh, Rudiger quite quite and a got the corner. Quite the argument, absolutely. Now he's clearly he's not the goal scorer that the Newcastle fans crave, but uh, I think he's worth persisting with. I, I bet that a, a goal will, he will he will score another goal in the next in the next fortnight. Maybe he'll be in the FA Cup against Oxford again. But I'd stick with him. I think uh, there's a dilemma with uh, Saint Max. Uh, he did very, very well to stay on for 94 minutes and have the energy, of course, to retrieve the ball and put in that great cross. Can he play two games? You know, he is. He has got hamstring susceptibility, so I think there is a decision to make there. Uh, Do you think, go, though, that yeah. because obviously the last time he got injured, yeah. Steve Bruce was kicking himself, he said, I yeah. think yeah. There was a suggestion he wasn't fit enough to play that. I played him. He was open about it. He said, I shouldn't have done that. And yes. Do you think... This time around, he'd be looking at him and thinking, "Well, okay, look, we we have Atsu, we can we can mm. put Atsu. Okay, he's clearly not going to have the same impact as St. Maximum, but long term game is yeah. it better to have St. Maximum for Oxford? Is it better to have him for the game after that? Well, then put him on tonight, and his hamstring could could go again. I think he, I think I'm correct in saying he trained a couple of times before Wolves, and they erred on the side of caution there, so he had another full week on on the grass before being picked. Uh, yes, it, it it will be interesting. It wouldn't surprise me at all if if, if he's on the bench. Atsu, of course, may be needed as a right wing back. Uh, I think you know from our seats in the press box, we could tell that uh, Steve Bruce was not very happy with a certain Dutch fullback. He was shouting a lot. It was no surprise when 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 he was taken off. Uh, he got seven seven out of ten for effort, but uh, his passing ability was Emil. pretty poor. Yeah, yeah, Emil, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think he's the, he's the one. Play was disappointed this season, and uh, I don't think Yedlin's ready. Uh, McKeel certainly isn't. I'm not so sure about Yedlin. And would he play Hayden as a right wing back um, uh, from from minutes uh, north? I don't think so. So again, I think the decisions are to be made at the right wing back and in the uh, 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 and up front with uh, Saint Max. You would foresee that he probably would keep Lejeune. Uh, Clark and Fernandez is the back three they played really well Shearer Lascelles Lascelles yeah. sorry Lascelles yeah, sorry Lascelles sorry Jamal yes Lascelles Fernandez and Clark Shearer was full of praise for oh, especially Fernandez and Clark absolutely listen I think I mean this is this what whatever Newcastle's failings this is a rich rich time for, for defenders I think let, let's just assume Dummett was fit then whichever three that you picked out of the six the other three would be desperately unlucky to be left out and every single one of them would have the justification hammer on their manager's door why am I not playing what have I done wrong and the manager could say you've done absolutely nothing wrong every single one of them has done well now you know at the beginning of the season Andrew I think if you'd asked Newcastle fans to put them rank them one to six Kieran Clark would have been six. In mm. fact, he could have gone to Bristol City, but because of Lejeune wasn't injured, uh, Newcastle kept him. I would put him at number one at the minute. I think as a tackler, 
is unbelievably good. He, he actually practices the art of tackling. So that, that's his great position. You've got Lascelles, a tremendous leader. But even then, I heard fans, you know, a month ago saying Newcastle were better off without without Lascelles. And you, you, the named three would have been Fernandez, Lejeune and Shaw. So, you know, but you can make a strong, strong case for any of them. What I would say is Lejeune and Shaw, or Cher, sorry, would have absolutely no complaints if they were on the bench again. How could they? You, you, you stick with the same unit, which, which uh, snuffed out Chelsea. And arguably, you could yeah. make the argument that Steve Bruce's best bit of transfer business so far yeah. was taking Kieran Clark aside at that friendly up against Sabanian mm-hmm. and saying, there is an offer, but I want to keep you, bear with us, yeah. and you'll get your chance. Yeah. And look what's happened. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, you are, when you are talking unsung heroes, he, he's, he's a classic, isn't he? Hmm. He's been unbelievably good. He's fantastic against Chelsea. And I think when you get praise from Alan Shearer, then you know you know you've you done a, it. You know you've yeah. done a good job. Um, up front, we mentioned probably Joe Linton. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll start with Carroll. Uh, it looks like he could be involved, though. As Bruce said, nearly everyone is returning. Um, you know, Martin Dubravka obviously will keep his place in net. Fantastic again. I think so. <laughs> um, I can't see why he wouldn't. And it's just. You just see them going in this game on a high and and not afraid of anyone. Hayden again said in an interview that you know there's no reason to be afraid of anybody. No, and yeah, they can go to Goodison Park at night and give them give everything a good game and, and hopefully come away with all three points. I'd like to see a little more from from Shelby. I thought he 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 got caught in possession a couple of times, once quite dangerously on Saturday. Didn't have a bad game by by any account, but. You know, he didn't look at his sharpest, but I think Newcastle, to be to be at the at the fluid best, if if there is a fluid best with this current Newcastle side, then that you need you need Shelby on, on topic on top of his game. So you know, having those 60, 65, 70 minutes under his belt, I'm sure will have done them in the world of good. I guess one thing you do need you do need Carroll back, given Muto and Gale yeah. are out because you looked at the bench against Chelsea and you thought. There's, there's not an attacking striker there's mm-hmm. not an attacking player on there how can we change the yeah. game and obviously it, it seemed to be when Matty Longstaff came on that yeah. the tide turned but again you go into this game tonight and it's nil-nil at 75 minutes Joe Linton not maybe hitting the target and you're thinking you know you, you, there's not a striker on the bench to change it yeah but if it's nil after 70 do you, do you look for the point or do you look for the three points well, but actually you looked at that bench on Saturday Andrew and I thought that's I suddenly, my first impression was that's a strong bench. Then I suddenly realised there wasn't a Gale, there wasn't a, there wasn't a Carroll on. Yeah, it, of course, Carroll does give does give you that option, especially you know it, it, if it's going to be like the Alamo in the last ten minutes. He's he's a very very useful centre half, isn't he? But does that the fact that they've got limited options up front now? Mm. Do you think that will give Steve Bruce more reason to knock on the door of Lee Charney and say? Come on, we need we need we need, yeah. we need a proper centre forward here. Yes, and again, I think that would, would be an, an unforeseen benefit if the Lazaro deal doesn't reach fruition. It means that you know there is money to spend, there are wages to be spent, and there is a shirt awaiting uh, a forward. But where are they? You know, I'm sure they'd have looked. I'm sure, you know, priority as a striker. I don't know who is out there. Well, that's it. obviously the, Steve Bruce said he, he rejected the chance to sign Tosson on loan, which he's entitled to, of course. 
But you do look around and we're going to say we assume it would be a loan signing. Yeah. So you're looking around at the top six, who can they get rid of? There's no one that stands out. You Wait, look at the is, has Giroud, Giroud winter gone ahead? It's not gone ahead yeah. yet, but I think it's... it's It'd be, that, that, would be a, that would be the perfect signing, loan signing for a few months. You've got Bashwari, obviously came off the bench yeah. against Newcastle, but again, not really that prolific, hasn't been given the chance. But you look around and there's not actually that no. many options where no. you say, okay, good player, not getting the game time, we get him on loan. So you can see the issue that they're, that they're having because... Aston Villa have now had to go out and they've spent a bit of money on the on the on the uh, the strike from Belgium Smatter, yeah. who Newcastle were linked to. Yeah. But again, gamble, not the best of leagues, the Belgian league. So it's it, that's what you're faced with. This yeah, journey. I mean, look, look, two years ago when you know uh, Rafa brought in Slomani, and uh, you know that was only a loan deal. It was a very expensive loan deal. He did absolutely nothing for them, and yet you know he ticked a lot of boxes. He he had Premier League experience, you know, international football, but it just didn't work at all. So it's a big, it's, it's risk, risky business. It is indeed. And finally, then, Ian, um, if I was to come to you on Feb the 1st to say, has this been a positive window, what would have to happen for you to say yes? Well, the interesting thing this year is, of course, I think Newcastle have to keep the best players. Of course, you know, that hasn't always been the case at Windows, has it? And, uh, of course, the famous Andy Carroll one is the most obvious example of that. Uh, to be a totally successful window, I think Newcastle uh, need to bring in a striker. I think they need to have cover at left back stroke, left wing back. Although, you know, let, let's be let's be straight about this one. Matt Ritchie, that's his shirt now, and I can't see unless he's injured. That's his shirt for keeps. So, so whoever comes in in that position will be coming in essentially as cover. But I think you know Newcastle have to explore that avenue. I think we've got a duty to. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, we'll finish where we started. Ben Taleb, a good short-term signing. Remains to be seen whether he'll be a good long-term signing. Fingers crossed he works out just as Steve Bruce hopes. This has been Everything is Black and White Podcast. Ian, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure, as always. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. If you head over to Chronicle Live, you keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including live coverage of the match this evening through our live blog. Thank you once again. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.